1: I think you constantly make mistakes (laughs) and that's okay because you're not supposed to be an expert in everything.
2: You're listening to Women Tech Charge from the Evening Standard with me, Anne-Marie Imaphidon. What happens when you mix a desire for man's best friend with technology? Is sharing really caring when you're a dog owner? In this episode, I'm talking to a woman who is living the answer to both of those canine questions. She's also matchmaking and improving mental health of many in the process, whilst bringing communities together through a love of dogs. Woof woof, let's get started. Here I am, only 13 miles by road from the amazing Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in Stratford, opposite a woman who's the brains behind connecting man's best friend with people who don't have dogs. Her company, Borrow My Doggy, is a marketplace where people can borrow dogs. It helps our owners who maybe don't have a dog walker and helps people who don't or can't own dogs to spend time with one. Welcome, Rika Rosalind.
1: Thank you, and thank you for inviting me.
2: (laughs) Thanks for coming. Although there is no dog here, I must say. We thought about bringing one,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I thought it it could become a bit troublesome. Dogs
2: and microphones—they do always say, "Don't work with kids or animals."
1: Oh, it's wonderful to work with animals. Right, I work
2: with kids as well, so (laughs) there you go. Look, us rule breakers. So that was a little bit of a summary of what Borrow My Doggy is. What's the official pitch? The official elevator pitch for Borrow My Doggy.
1: So we're an online platform that connects dog owners with local borrowers for walks, weekends and holiday care. And our aim is to leave paw prints
2: of happiness on the lives of dogs and people. I saw that, I like that, paw prints (laughs) of happiness, like paw prints in the sand. Mm -hmm. It's making people happy with dogs. How did you get here? How does one get to be CEO of Borrow My Doggy? So what happened was I
1: borrowed a very cute brown Labrador and this is around, what is it, six years ago? Okay. And I spent the entire day with Aston. And I just remember thinking, why are people spending so much money on dog walkers or kennels or leaving their dog home alone when I would love to take care of a dog for free? Mm. And I thought it would make me so happy to help take care of a dog. It would help local dog owners. And the big winners would really be dogs who would get more love and attention. And
2: people. Yeah. The, the poor prince of happiness. Is the yeah, other, you, yeah. like, it's a win-win-win situation. <laughs> yes. yeah, like we three say a win-win a woof-woof. So <laughs> It's a wolf-wolf-wolf <laughs> situation. Are you all fluent in dog in the office? Is that one of the re- prerequisites for working at Borrow well, My Doggy? We do
1: have a certain amount of uh, dog puns.
2: You so. have the dog puns? Yeah, yeah. Is that part of a test in the interview if someone wants to come and work at Borrow My Doggy?
1: No, but oh, really? dog pun though is always good. So. Do, you,
2: do you test whether they can speak dog?
1: <laughs> we don't test it, no. but you know, we do get a lot of um, cover letters where people have used dog puns. And yeah. you know, it's always
2: good because it makes us smile. What's the best one you've seen?
1: Oh, well, the one we use the most is probably Porsum.
2: Porsum. Yeah, oh we use gosh, that a lot. That is Pawsome. <laughs> I'm li- I
1: do like that. But we have Porsum, Best Wolves, you know, best things that are wacktastic or absolutely wonderful. Lots of different puns. What's Best Wolves? It's how you sign your email instead of Best Regards. No way!
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to do that anyway, and I don't even work with dogs. <laughs> Um, okay, right. So you borrowed Aston mm-hmm. from people you knew or people you didn't know?
1: Well, it was um, somebody I knew, but yeah. I hadn't, I didn't know him very well. It was via friend of a friend, and it uh. was somebody who lived in my local neighborhood. Uh-huh. And he sent an email to me, or, or sorry, a message to me the night before I took care of Aston, and he said, would you mind looking after my dog tomorrow? And I said, I would absolutely- it was that short notice? Yeah, it was that short notice, right, and okay. I, I said, I would be absolutely delighted to, because I love dogs, and I've always wanted a dog. Mm-hmm. And then I spent the entire day with Aston, and um, when I had the idea, I actually w- was with one of my friends who was living very close by, mm-hmm. and I told him about the concept of Bore My Doggy and what he said to me was um 60 to 70% of technology startup companies go bust within the f- space that's of 3 a good to place, 4 years that's a good place to start, and yeah. then 90% within the space of 10 years so right. he said before you actually um, start something, then why don't you go and test that there's actually other people who would either love to lend out their dogs mm. or who also would love to borrow dogs. Yes. Okay. A- and then he sent me to uh, Startup Weekends um, oh, right. where the whole
2: concept is
1: really to test ideas. So.
2: Yeah. Um, and they, these happen around the world every weekend, every, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And and in this specific one, to say for instance, you know, you want to sell shoes online, and this is, I don't know, 30 years ago, nobody's selling shoes online yet. Then one way to test idea, mm-hmm. it, obviously, actually you could go to Italy, find a shoemaker, Buy lots of shoes, come back to the UK, set up a website, integrate payment solutions. You'd have to buy a launch server as well, uh, yeah, years ago. And this is yeah. this is about like a year later now mm. and you've spent all your savings <laughs> Forgot, and lots more. What lots you were doing, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and by the time you launch to then find out if people want to buy shoes li- online or mm. not. The alternative way you can do it is you can run down to your local shoe shop, mm-hmm. buy fifteen pairs of shoes, mm-hmm. take a photo of them, upload them on a the website, mm-hmm. and then launch. And mm-hmm. then if people buy them, mm-hmm. then you can always go down to your local shoe shop, buy that pair of shoes and send it off to them. Exactly. And and if they don't have it anymore, you just say, I'm so sorry, we're out of stock. And mm-hmm. you can just send them a PayPal request for the payment. So that's the way you could test something out. Mm-hmm. So what what we did was is I, I went to a, the Lean Startup Machine and I pitched the idea there.
2: Which and is another event.
1: Well, it was a startup weekend I went to. Yeah. And um, from there, um, there were some people who wanted to work on the, the concept with me, oh. and um, so we set up a landing page in a couple of hours, mm-hmm. and then we put up posters around Hampstead Heath. Okay. And then the most amazing thing happened because we had eighty-five people who signed up in the space of three days. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and it Gosh. was yeah, and and we asked that beautiful little question of why people had signed up, and it was literally everything from like an old man down in Cornwall who just had an operation needing help with taking his dog for long
2: walks. How did we he find it from the posters in Hampstead Heath?
1: Word of mouth. It Seriously? It was absolutely amazing, yeah. In three days? In three days. Good news travels fast, eh? And yeah, and we had uh, lots of um, young professionals and students mm-hmm. living you know, away from, from home, missing their, their dogs yeah. that they grew up with. And then there was one which was a family who signed up and um, they signed up because the little daughter was begging for a dog, but she was still scared of them. And the family didn't want to get a dog to maybe have to give it up because obviously that wouldn't be fair to a dog. Yes. And when I read that, I literally just started crying and I thought, oh, oh my gosh, not another little girl without a dog, because I've always <laughs> wanted one. So I thought, we must help this little girl. For
2: the little girl, think of the children. It,
1: it, yes, and, and from there, I then started manually matching people.
2: What were you doing, though, full-time? You weren't attending startup weekends full-time. What was your role? What was your job?
1: At the time, I was working in financial services.
2: Oh, dun so, dun, dun, dun. Well, I've But I've done
1: lots of different things in the past. Okay. So um, I have, you know, I'm originally Danish, and then I, um, I went to university in Paris and Mexico.
2: Oh, cool. What did you, and, what did you study?
1: And business and economics. Ah. And, and, um, and then I worked as a statistician in Paris at the OECD (laughs)
2: no less oh that's amazing
1: (laughs) energy statistician and then I also um I did you say
2: energy statistician yes what do they do for the OECD
1: yeah look at lots of numbers lots of data crunching around energy sources or yes um oil gas um, renewables and electricity
2: and then to report on what that looks like across the world right because OECD is all about ranking yes exactly that's cool did you enjoy that
1: there was a lot of manual work involved too, okay. um, so I enjoyed it very much in the beginning. I think after a while, given I'm quite extroverted, uh-huh. it became a little bit um, too kind of, I didn't I didn't have enough people around me, okay. I think. So I, I need jobs where I'm quite engaged with lots of people around yeah. me. So um, actually after that, I decided to backpack through Central and South America and I stopped by Panama. and. I ended up staying there, helping setting up an automobile company. Um, So I lived there for between a year and a half and two years. Oh my goodness! So I've done lots of things in the in the past. So and then I came back, did an MBA, and then I got into financial services. So, but I've I've definitely had a career where I have tried lots of different things. Yeah. And
2: yeah. You're living it. That portfolio almost career, I think they call it. Mm. Although. I think you need to do those all simultaneously. That would have been hilarious though if you were a statistician <laughs> and a backpacker and setting up an o- automobile company all at the same time.
1: I thought it would have been
2: challenging. You look like you mm. could do it though. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there, done that. I believe in you. Honestly. It's never it's never too late.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but you whatever you set your mind to, I thoroughly believe that you can do. And but yeah. it's just you know, you just really you just really have to want
2: it. Uh. Okay, so that was how you started Borrow My Doggy and how you got there. I wanted to ask you some questions about dogs. Go for it. Do you have a dog now? I've never had a dog. Seriously? Yeah. That's good. But do you know, here's another one. This isn't even a pun. That's dog fooding, hmm? what you're doing. So you've never hmm. had a dog and hmm. you run Borrow My Doggy, which is all well, to help people borrow dogs. So you're dog fooding because you're living the life hmm. of your app.
1: Yeah, and, and I said like, I wanted a dog when I was a kid and, yeah. and we couldn't have one. My mother's allergic to dogs and top of that, my parents oh. are entrepreneurs too and it just was never going to happen and though my grandparents had a farm where they had a very cute um, Labrador. Okay. Side, and did was they very have taz- other animals on the farm? Uh, yes. What did they have on the farm? Oh, there was um, chickens and there was um, pigs and there was a horse and wow. so yeah, it was very nice. I yeah. loved going there. Okay. Um, well. So my grandparents had a I had a, had a farm and said and they had a, had a dog there that I was very attached to. And one of my best friends growing up, he had Labradors too. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time in his house. <laughs> <laughs> With all so, the dogs. Yeah, and and so I, and I've just traveled a lot. And it's not necessarily all about what you want once in a while. It's also giving a dog a, a good home. This is true. And, and, you know, I haven't had a lifestyle where I have had enough time at home or I don't have a garden, etc. And given that there's all these dogs out there that, mm. you know, I can help love. Yeah. Then why not help take care of other people's dogs? Exactly.
2: A dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Correct. And then for, dogs bo- for borrowing on the weekend. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and sometimes people borrow a dog from you know Thursday to Friday overnight, or we have a lot of matches where somebody might have just had a baby and they have a dog, and then across the street. You have a family with a five-year-old son who is begging for a dog. And then one family borrows the other family's dog a few times after school every single week. So one family gets that happy dog time and Mm. the other family gets help and Mm. the dogs just get more love and exercise. What's your
2: favorite kind of dog, breed of dog?
1: my I mean, I still have a very soft spot for Labradors. You do? Yeah.
2: So if you were going to get a dog, that would be... If well, your life allowed allowed it? Uh, yeah. Or you still wouldn't, you
1: Well, think? yes, but in London, I think having a Labradors is, you know, it might be a little bit Her big for the flat yeah. size and whatnot I live in. So if if I lived in
2: a countryside, yes, absolutely. Do you think you'll be a dog borrower for life?
1: Oh, time will show.
2: Yeah, time yeah. will tell. Hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get a dog one day. Yeah. yeah. What would you call the dog? good question <laughs> haven't thought that far because <laughs> Borrow My Doggy is a good name so you're good at naming things well I, I actually bought the domain name the same
1: day I had the idea because I was you know I spent the entire day with Aston and um, Aston was was you know lying sleeping on my floor after our very our day full of activities yeah. and, and I was like wow I really want to start this website and I was like what would I call it and I thought well you're not my dog and I want to borrow you yeah. so you're somebody else's that's where the my doggy came in yeah. So and then I went online and I said how to buy a domain name and yeah. then I came across a domain buying website and yeah. then I bought the website so that actually all happened in the same day
2: and did you buy dot .com and .co.uk or, or, uh, or you just bought the dot .com
1: well dot .com and
2: dot, um, yeah, dot co. UK, UK. yeah. it's funny because now you've got the different dots at the end so you probably could get borrowmy.doggy or something Oh no. dog. dot gy. That's actually one of our first domain names. Is it really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, and and I must admit um what we learned was um people didn't really trust it. Because they thought, what is this um,
2: .dot .gy at the end?
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, where does it come from? Yeah. And is it legit, et cetera. So we actually, from because of that, moved over and just used the dot .com. But, but, you but still we did try kept it. it. Yeah, we yeah. still have it.
2: You use it for like internal testing or something like that. We do that at Demets.
1: Uh, we we have a lot of internal testing sites. Yeah,
2: yeah. and borrowed up my dog dot y is one. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That is like a little tip there, I guess, bit of advice. <laughs> Always get the domain name, get the Twitter handle, get the Facebook, get the like land grab, all of them, if you can, as soon as possible.
1: Yes, and then on top of that, go out and actually do use the testing.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. That's, so that's go important. out and
1: show people and say, what do you think this website does? Because we were also thinking about other domain names mm. uh, and okay. then when we went out and we showed it to people in local parks and we said what do you think this website does but yeah. well, then they guessed wrong with some of the other names so therefore we just stuck to the original
2: what one what were some of the other names do you remember um so that I was actually I my I list of questions I to ask
1: you um so i think it was it was more about around like play with dogs and okay. and you know, you know, spent, yeah, it was just other domain names linked around spending time with a dog.
2: How long did you take working through the name?
1: That we spent a weekend on. Oh, uh, okay. So to, to begin with, um, part of the Lean Startup Machine, I, I said we set up a landing page in, in a couple of hours and put up posters. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've spent a lot of time out in, in parks just going and speaking with dog owners and trying to understand. You know, how they actually getting their dogs taken care of right now? So yep. you would walk up to someone and then say, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a dog. Mm. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the dog alternatives are or alternatives for having my dog taken care, care of around yeah, here. Doggy care. Yeah, and then people start telling you about, you know, how, what care they're actually currently getting for yeah. their dog. And that really helps show some of the market research, essentially. Yeah. But the whole thing is that you can't go out and say to people, I'm thinking about starting this website, because then people you know especially if you, you ask people what they think about it because we all want to encourage each other to to start up ideas okay so if you ask friends and family they're very likely to say that's a fantastic idea and this is what we do unless, and, unless but they you've might be got, a bit biased yeah. yeah versus versus when you just go and ask them pretending that you are a customer to us and thinking about getting a dog too mm-hmm. and then from there you know they will might give you a slightly different answer and and you know you have to test test Concepts, mm-hmm. but without necessarily telling people what you're doing.
2: What's the hardest thing about your job? Would you say?
1: I think the hardest thing keeps on changing. Okay. And um, to begin with, it was to get my head around the amount of different areas you had to learn around mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. You and know, that's the technology? Well, or? it's technology, it's marketing, yeah. it's finance, it's legal stuff. So there's a lot of different areas. And then one of my my friends, um, he very kindly just said, just kind of focus on a few things first that are the most important things mm. and then let the rest of them follow afterwards. Because, yeah. you know, my tendency... First was to think, oh, my gosh, how are we even going to financially make this company work? Yes. And then he said, well, first and foremost, just figure out, you know, why are you doing this? What's your almost value proposition Mm or what's your, you know, what's your reason for being and, and, you know, get all that content written. Mm -hmm. And then from there, eventually, you know, you'll work through what the, the business models or the revenue opportunities are.
2: And was this friend someone you met at the startup weekend, or someone you knew beforehand?
1: It was somebody I knew beforehand. So like
2: a mentor, almost. Yeah, to you. exactly. Have you had a number of those along the way?
1: I have so many different mentors, okay. and some of them are other founders. Okay. Some of them are some of our investors, mm-hmm. um, and some of them are even. You know, you you learn even from like the team around you, or so 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 yes constantly you know seeking advice and learning from people around me
2: how big is the team now it's small there's only 11 of us oh no that's a that's a fair that's a fair size after six years what has been the how easy has it been to hire people because i think often people often there's a bit of a struggle i mean we talk a lot about diversity as well in hiring so there's a struggle to find the right kind of people the right fit the just to even find the people that have the right kind of skills i guess mm-hmm. so how have you found that given you're doing something that is so high profile and so cool so porsome? <laughs> um it depends on what area. Okay. So
1: marketing, operations, it's been relatively easy to hire. Okay. When it comes to product and special developers, it's mm. been much more complicated. Because there is only a certain amount of developers available mm. and there is a lot of competition for them. Mm. So that has been more of, of a challenge. And I think that's even more so if people are thinking about starting up something. Yeah. And then from there, actually go and test the concept before you even start the whole challenge of trying to find out, find a developer to actually
2: build it for you. How much have you had to learn about technology, the technology behind it itself? Um, as a part of that process as well? Maybe recruiting, but also just running Borrow My Doggy.
1: It's been more learning how to work with developers okay. um, and and following the processes, um, It's it's cetera, or likewise with product. Because yeah. this is not a background I come from. I come from business development and marketing. I mm-hmm. don't come from anything that's a technol- um, technology background. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more learning how to, to work with developers, yeah. um, which again has been a learning curve. Okay. And also given I came from bigger companies where, you know, we would have product launches where we planned them and it took like a year and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. The whole concept within Bore My Doggy is we try to run a lot of releases and okay. small releases and it doesn't have to be perfect we can iterate on them after we have launched yes so it's about you know launching learning and moving fast oh. versus trying to come up with these perfect big product launches that takes a year and a half to two years because obviously an early stage startup can company can't do that
2: no yeah you'll you'll fall over before yep. you get to do to do the release <laughs> what uh, technically what is going on behind uh, borrow my doggy what does what does it look like
1: so we use Ruby on Rails mm-hmm. um, and... um like yeah. a
2: website building framework. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, you know, we have um, weekly product meetings yeah. where we then agree on what we're going to build and then we, what we're going to test. So we run tests every single week to optimize different parts of the website. Mm-hmm. So um, this could be everything from even the color of a button to yeah. the text to you know once people click this link are they going in one direction or another direction um, in order to make them subscribe etc
2: and is it websites primarily do you have a mobile app alongside as well yes you we do. have a
1: we have a mobile app too but What's the an split ios of use? Oh, ios okay. um, so the majority our... Mm. Oh. So we, the majority of, of our users do come via um, the websites, okay. um, even though obviously we have a lot of traffic on, on mobile too. So and, and the way the website works mm-hmm. is um, people sign up mm-hmm. and they create a profile and they write a little bit about themselves or their dog. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they go in and search
2: for local members. Okay. Did I have to put pictures of the dog?
1: Well, yes, they yeah, look at they pictures do. of the dogs, yeah. Like or bars for upload, that
2: matter. Do they have to upload pictures of the dogs.
1: Yeah, it's part of the, the sign up process, okay. yeah. So, and then from there, once they've found someone they, they like, they send a message and then they meet and agree, just like you do with the dogs that a babysitter. So, it's really about getting to know someone well in, a, in your local area.
2: Oh, so it's also by geolocation. So by postcode or whatever. Yeah, everything's
1: built around geolocation. And this is
2: UK and Ireland wide. Yes, everywhere. Have you ever had, so with systems like this, matching systems with people/slash living beings, I'm going to say, I'm going to call dogs people. Can I, can I call dogs people? We don't do that. Living beings. Living beings? Yeah. Okay. There's trust issues that sometimes come up. Has anyone ever catfished or cat-dogged somebody or dog-fished mm. somebody?
1: No, I, we get a lot of questions around safety on yeah. our website yeah. and also trust. And for me, that was the biggest thing when we started out was to figure out how do we build trust amongst our members. Mm. And even be- from having the idea to relaunch we the website, it was a good at least 10 months yeah. where I then manually met people and went to people's houses and heard their stories and mm. tried to understand how can we make Two sides get to know each other yeah. and essentially trust each other, mm. and before a dog is taken care of by another person. Mm. Um, so, and for me, literally everything is is coming down to the meet and greet process. It's about people getting to know each other well. It's not about handing a dog over to a stranger. Yeah. So, um, so we're very keen on on yeah people doing meeting up in a local park going for walks together mm. and then after that um, doing house visits and the relationships we see on our platform is even to the extent that some people even end up spending Christmas together.
2: Yeah, I was going to say have you ever because that's like the old school thing was you mm. like get a dog and you go to dog park and then your dog likes that person's dog and then <laughs> you might like that person. You end up, have you ever had any Borrow My Doggy weddings? We have. No way. And Did you I get invited? No, I didn't. Oh.
1: But it was, um, we had a dog owner riding us not too long ago that her 70 year old
2: um
1: went for a walk on the beach with her dog and she ended up meeting an 80 year old man. <gasps> And they ended up getting married. Oh my goodness. It's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it made it made my day, if not my whole year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very so we have we do get various stories
2: along the way, which are just so heartwarming. Is there any story that tops that? Is there a cooler story <laughs> than that from Borrow my doggy? <laughs> well, I think and there's a seventy-year-old and eighty-year-old falling in
1: love. Well, I mean, but there's so many different stories that just for me makes me so incredibly happy. It, there's also, as I said people. As I mentioned before, people end up spending Christmas together. Yeah. There's people that end up doing house shares together. There is, you know, we, we got uh, one day there was a, a mother who told me that, you know, her kids, one of her daughter was begging for a dog and then they ended up bo- starting boring one and mm-hmm. her son was always there on his technology in front of the TV and whatnot mm-hmm. and, and maybe not necessarily telling what was going on in school, etc. Mm-hmm. And then after they started boring a dog, the son wanted to go out for walks with them and then he started sharing again what was going on oh, outside yeah. you know in school etc and the mom just said you helping us connect where we might not be you know speaking as much as we used to mm. so there's just so many different lovely stories that come out of it.
2: So you've been running Borrow My Doggy for six years, mm-hmm. which means that you have been a tech entrepreneur. Would you consider yourself a woman in tech? I'm definitely a woman in tech. Yes. You, so you've been a tech entrepreneur then for six years. Mm-hmm. In terms of, I don't know. I mean, we, we, I, I don't. I hate the phrase, but we're going to say work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you been able to maintain that? Do you feel like because you are running Borrow My Doggy, it's almost easier, or part of your job, to have good downtime or good self-care time or good re- I think yeah, recuperation time anyone who starts up uh, might have a tendency to, <sighs>
1: to overdo the work partly okay, yeah. versus work well, balance although it's, a a lot of hours. it's five
2: to two there's five weekdays and two week, two days <laughs> of the weekend right so <laughs> I'm not it's yeah, I think ratio. you have
1: seven, seven days and you know you end up doing some work all seven days okay. p- to begin with mm-hmm. and the but then again, for me, it's it's not a work. It's it's something I'm super passionate about. It's mm. something where I can really see the positive impact on it, and it's mm. something I really believe that we can take and scale and make very big. And mm. so, so for me, it, it's not an issue. Versus if it's a job that you don't necessarily like so much, then yeah. absolutely you would, you know, want to work no one five or work five days, and probably t- see if you could, you know, get get the weekend off. But for me, it's it's I love my job and. I, I just you know I don't don't have issues with the working hours I must admit after some years you do realize it's important to take a break too mm. and um and I've become much better at that once in a while because you I think you do you, your decision making does become better if you do take some kind of breaks mm. and then what I've done is I've done a few different things I've, I've got a coach now which okay. has really helped me a lot um what do they coach you on so it, for me, it's m- been more when I have had to go through certain kind of difficult conversations, yeah. um, and you know, one is always worried about, you know, saying the right thing mm. or making sure that that you know there's nothing that's misinterpreted that's not meant. So um, so hence it's been it's been very helpful to have mm. someone to actually chat through difficult just dis- areas or discussions with yeah. ahead of actually going
2: doing them. Going yeah.
1: and doing them. Mm. And then at the same time, I'm also a um, part of a, a very tight group of entrepreneurs. We, met, we meet up once a month, mm-hmm. and then we just have a general discussion about what's going on mm-hmm. in, in our lives. And then from there, we try to help each other out, and it's it's, it's strictly confidential. Mm-hmm. And that has definitely helped, too. So there's a place where I know that I can go and speak with people, mm-hmm. where they understand whether it's linked to you know fundraising or team or product or, or any other aspects of... of you know, building
2: a company. Having that safe safe space. Yeah, know, to be exactly. To, to it's been share. very, very helpful. What, what are some of the, maybe not even necessarily the things that you shared in that safe space, but what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've had or failures or things that you've learned from in the last six years on, on Borrow My Doggy?
1: I think you constantly make mistakes. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay <laughs> because you're not supposed to be an expert in everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I've definitely learned that it, is very time consuming and can be very hard to raise funding sometimes and mm-hmm. um, I've also learned that things don't always move as fast as you would like them to okay you know you would love to build out a product tomorrow or in a week or <laughs> yeah. and things that sometimes just take longer than initially plans and that's just part of
2: you know building out um things and and yeah so i think those are two key learnings that you've you've learned in terms of the fundraising how how did you when how early did you do that so when how far into it did you begin that process so
1: while i was still manually matching okay i actually went out and and raised the first um serious seed
2: yeah and from angel investors or can you say
1: so uh, so it was relatively small the okay. first round yeah. and and so far we've just raised funding from angel investors. Okay. Um, and and they have also been very helpful. So whenever most of our angel investors are entrepreneurs themselves. Mm-hmm. So they have been able to then help guide us through various different questions um, along Be, the they've journey. They've
2: been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Exactly. And, and
1: are still doing it in a lot of them and then yeah. much, much bigger companies now. Um, so even sometimes if you have specific questions within you know, marketing or HR, whatnot, mm-hmm. the fact that you have someone who actually you know, has been through that before is incredibly helpful. Mm. And who has a vested interest in in growing the company too.
2: And are you, in terms of growth, where are you looking to grow? So UK and Ireland is where you're at the moment. There are dogs across the world. Yes. What, where's next in your plan?
0: Where are you going to conquer?
1: Right now we have to conquer much more of the UK and Ireland. We're still a small startup company here. (laughs) (laughs) And and there are so many dogs. (laughs) So that is
2: definitely a key focus. You did many things before you started Borrow My Doggy. Correct. What would you say are some of the bigger skills that you've been able to transfer into startup land? From packing or...
1: Yes. Um, I think from growing up, Mm -hmm. it's been that I have been taught that you can do what you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. But you have to work hard, mm-hmm. um, and even though you fall once in a while, that's okay. We all run through failures, and then we just have to stand up again. Yeah. So I think it's it's that attitude which is really important. I think in the startup world because you constantly come across areas we know nothing about, and then you make mistakes, and then you learn, and then but you constantly try your best too. And then when I worked in in Central America, mm-hmm. where, I, where I worked in a setting up an automobile company. But what I had to do there, it was literally everything, To from working with, you know, an architect setting up a showroom to printing business cards, actually even oh having right. business cards designed mm. to then, you know, doing launch events. Mm. Um, and it was every area was air, an area I didn't know anything about. Mm. And then on top of that, it was in Spanish. Yeah. Um, in an industry still, I didn't necessarily still, know that you're well. Still fluent. <laughs>
2: you're still fluent in Spanish.
1: Yeah, I speak Spanish. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, so... But it it was it was a big challenge, mm. and again it was that attitude of you're not too good or too bad to do whether it is, you know, b- printing of business cards and having Christmas cards d- or um, business cards designed to, mm. you know, we cleaning the floor to you just do whatever you need to get done, mm. um, and you know sometimes you work on a f- on financials, and other days it is you know it is you know. I don't know, taking out the garbage can at work for instance or picking up
2: the the dog poop
1: exactly Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so so I think I think it is the one job or the, what I've gotten from home. It's definitely been the go get, just try your very best and keep on going attitude. And then from what I learned in Central America, it was, you know, just
2: working on so many different areas and moving from area to area. And it's a continuous learning process, right? There's always, yeah. always new things that you're picking up. What are you learning at the moment? Is there anything? Any, maybe it's a skill. Maybe it's something you're doing inadvertently and in like the kind of phase you're in now. Or what's the most recent thing you've learned?
1: Um, in the moment, um we're going through a lot of SEO work. Oh, okay. And it's Search a whole... engine optimization. Exactly. Kind of <laughs> 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 so it is all about, you know, how we get better ranks at Google. And mm-hmm. there was a lot I didn't know. So ah. it's been very
2: interesting. What's the most surprising thing you learned about SEO?
1: Oh, um, what is the most surprising thing? you? Well, what's I've the learned? weirdest
2: thing you've been like, huh, really? Google, you're well, so strange. I
1: mean... I think the importance of, for instance, getting backlinks and yeah. making sure you understand the search volumes for certain terms mm-hmm. um, and also make a tacking or like all the different tacking that you have to do in order to make sure that Google can actually read mm. your content. So theres there's been a lot of learnings, so and that's just in one area, and then obviously there's a lot of other areas within marketing still I, I need to get much better at and learn much more in. But wouldn't it be boring if we just knew it all? <laughs> it would it would be boring. Well, I, I, what I really enjoy is sometimes we get um, experts to come in and work with us oh, for a yeah. certain period of time. And I think the whole team actually enjoys the learning about the specific areas. Mm. And then from there, you know, once we feel we have a grasp around a specific area, then from there we can take it and run with it. Mm. And then we still get help once in a while. So in, in that way, I really enjoy learning from people mm. um, and people coming, you know, in and sharing their knowledge with us. Um, but then at the same time, it's also very nice when you then feel that you've picked up much more knowledge in an area. Mm. And then from there that we can actually take it and, and grow it.
2: What's been the most frustrating thing about working in tech? I, um, I mean, I do wish sometimes that there was better balance
1: between mm. kind of... The, the ratio of, of men to women I mm-hmm. do think it is improving mm. um, but I would love for there to be many more women who are founding companies yeah. uh, within in the tech space um, and likewise even more um, female developers yeah so I, I would it would be great to get more more of a balance
2: what do you think would be the difference if we did have a better balance or do you think that would I mean other than just facially being like huh okay, there's more people here that look like that uh, wh- what well, would be the difference biggest difference
1: um, I think this is, there's two different aspects to it. So there's the women founders. I think people solve different issues. Mm. Um so, therefore, perhaps there would be more issues, you know, also linked to kind of what female sees or women see as, as important being sold. Mm. Um And we do make up 50 percent of the population. right? <laughs> <Who> <laughs> <knew? more>. Hey. <laughs> and then on the other hand, um, you know, for having more female developers within teams, I think any team, you need to have a, a really good um, uh, kind of... Um, variation between people so whether Mm. it is different nationalities Mm. different backgrounds and gender too Mm. and i think whenever you have a variety of different people you end up getting much stronger you know solutions to problems so Mm. there's lots of studies showing that and i don't see why it would be any different within the deaf world
2: closer to home for Borrow My Doggy do you wish there was more and I've, I've try, I'm have I've i trying out a couple of different versions of this so, so mm-hmm. stay with me hey. do you wish there was more like pet tech or you could call it vet tech <laughs> or my favourite animalist tech
1: there's a lot of things happening within the pet space
2: it's pet space is that what it's called
1: yeah pet space pet tech uh, pet, c- could pet be. space because it has to be tech like fin tech or yeah so within the whole pet world there. <laughs> lots of things happening in the moment so and there's lots of investments coming into the to the whole pet world so there's definitely it's a very interesting space to follow you know what within you? the whole startup world I must say that I am just so surprised over I'm well not surprised I'm just so happy over the massive amount of support that we've had since day one mm-hmm. from our lovely community members mm-hmm. you know even the kinda of media has been super helpful and like we've just we've just had so much support along the way. So I am so happy that I've gone down the journey that I have and and also the team. I mean, you know, you might have as an as an entrepreneur an, an idea, but it's the team that builds stuff out and it's your your It's a community and your lovely customers that actually makes things happen and gives you feedback and makes sure you iterate the product, et cetera. So I'm very thankful for the journey I'm I'm on. And you definitely recommend it to
2: others? Yes. It's a fantastic journey. Join Rika. Join me. Come jump in with the tech party on the (laughs) tech journey. There won't be a lot of sleep, I guess, <laughs> but there'll be a lot of, su- of successes and eighty and seventy-year-olds getting lots married. Lots of
1: learnings, lots yes. of learnings along the way. Yes, that's very of true. Stories.
2: What's the, what are their first names? What's the eighty and seventy-year-old called? Oh, I actually don't know. Oh, you don't know? No, I don't know. Gosh, should we call them Bob and Bob and Caris? <laughs> Bob and Ethel.
1: I shall leave um, the selection of the names to
2: you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you should. I'm not very good at naming things. Um, So here's to Bob and Ethel. Here's to Rika. Here's to Borrow, my doggy. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so
1: much for the invite. It's been a pleasure. (laughs)
2: rika rosalind has created a canine movement in borrow my doggy you can follow her on twitter at rye rosalind and insta at rika rosalind and the spellings are in the episode notes you can find out more about borrow my doggy by going to twitter and insta and the handle is just borrow my doggy make sure you subscribe to women tech charge on apple podcasts rate and review us too for the latest news sports entertainment and more audio content visit standard.co.uk we're Evening Standard on Twitter and on Insta it's evening.standard. I and Marie live on Twitter at aimaphidon, good luck spelling that, and on Instagram at notyouraverageami, which is a little bit easier to spell. Get in touch, have a chat, ask questions using the hashtag #WomenTechCharge.